Wait a minute. This isn't my world. Hey everybody, welcome to Reoriented, where we voice evangelical perspectives that get lost in the mainstream. I'm Daniel Ha, and I'm here with Andrew Huang and Stephen Choi, and we are your hosts. Say hello to everybody, guys. Hey everyone. Hello. It's been a crazy time. Um, as you guys know, I, I, I know I've been talking to, or Andrew shared that, man, he's been having trouble sleeping even uh just because of so many things that are happening and so many things that are on our minds um so we decided to have a kind of follow-up like a part two of our last episode and just continue on the topic of racism and um, obviously not just on the topic but how we engage as christians and once again i want to preface everything and say we're not we're not claiming to be the experts on this topic I think this is our attempt to process these things, uh, to dialogue with one another, just to have a good conversation, um, to help us be better followers of Christ, uh, especially in these times, and especially as advocates for the vulnerable and for those who, um, you know, who need uh, the love and power of Christ. Um, and our nation needs that. Uh, it's very evident in this time and. Um, I'll just start the talk by just saying that, um, man, I have to admit something that I've been struggling with personally is the reality um, of just how complicated it is actually to be a good Christian, um, to be a good follower of Christ uh, in these times and, and uh, in in these circumstances, I guess in this context. Um you know how to engage uh, right now, whether it's you know in terms of what we're actually doing, um, and even for that, it's like um, yeah, I, I just found myself you know kind of caught off guard. I mean, <laughs> I mean, twenty twenty has been like uh, just I, I feel like a crazy year. I'm I'm sure that's. Uh, I'm sure everyone's saying that and thinking that already. Um, but I think a good way of putting it is it's been a year, maybe for the church in general, at least for me, where I found myself very vulnerable um, many times and just like, you know, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to respond in many ways. And um, I don't know if you guys have felt like that, but um, yeah, it's just how to be a good witness of who God is, of Christ in this time, when there's so much fighting and division, um, it's uh, especially like, I don't know if you guys are on social media, but um, just to give you guys kind of an example, and maybe so we can start talking about this, but just one example. Name is, names. Um, <laughs> I could name, I'll do that a little later too. Nice. I'll name some names. Um, but one example is just, I think something I realize is how much pressure there has been to post things on social media. And I'm, and, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that's not, that I love that there's awareness happening through social media. I love that a big part of the movement 
um, has been, um, you know, through social media. I think we can't deny that. But I think that that's the good side. I wonder if there's kind of a negative side to this where I feel like a lot of people are actually seeking, like, validation through social media and how that's manifesting. Uh, and I don't even know if that's what it is, but but something's happening where it's like, yes, there's this big... Um, like I think we talked about it last week. Like the woke Olympics is happening <laughs> on social media. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> and it's the woke Olympics, and there's the woke. We're talking about, uh, uh, you know, the woke police, like hardcore. Yeah. And one of the one of the a perfect example, perfect like, uh, uh, kind of capitulation of this. Um, is that a word? Capitulation, recapitulation. I know, uh, whatever. It's a Bible you know, word. Perfect. <laughs> I don't think it is. Perfect uh, example of this. You guys remember a few, like earlier in the week when everyone was posting, um, what's it called? Like the black, uh, black screen. Blackout Tuesday. Blackout Tuesday. I don't know if you guys know, um, but what's it called? Um, sorry, my, my computer's going crazy. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but... There was a huge like battle. There were like two sides uh, for this, where a bunch of people were saying, "Stop posting black screens," when we should be sending like messages and putting good content up. And like there were all these people like policing the black images, and then there was like this other side saying, "No, this is why we're doing it. It's this movement with the music industry," and people were like fighting with each other. And I remember just feeling like sitting in front of my screen and I was like, should, should I do the black screen? <laughs> and I remember I was scared to do it. I was super scared to do it. And I, that's when it kind of hit me. I was like, whoa, like, what does this become? Um, and, you know, just one more uh, uh, example is I have this black friend and he he's just been kind of living his life and i think he hasn't been really aware of what's going on and, and recently he posted something and um he posted like hey guys kind of like hey we shouldn't be like fighting with each other all these things and he's like hashtag all lives matter and it's this black guy posting that and it was just really interesting to see uh an asian guy getting really upset at this black guy and explaining to him bro I'm like I'm offended. You can't post all lives matter, and I get that. And I think he was trying to kind of like educate him on this stuff, but it was just it's been really interesting, and I've just seen so much like judgmentalism and hatred. Uh, I think in the name of a good cause, where it's like yeah, there's just so much pressure and shame surrounding this now that it's been really hard for me to like actually. It's kind of been challenging, and it, it, I I just found it complicated. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my spiel. I'll let you guys talk. And whoever wants to respond or add on to that, I think I've been thinking about that as well. And you know, to be honest, I don't actually like using the word "woke" to describe myself, um, because I think I think that comes with certain connotations. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter is a is a movement um, for racial justice. Um, but you know, there's a whole platform 
uh, of things that it stands for. And the I, I guess for me, what I see on social media is essentially Christians are posting stuff and it kind of aligns most of the stuff that I see Christians saying aligns pretty neatly with either the progressive narrative or the conservative narrative. And that kind of, I, th- I think that kind of makes me feel, it's, it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because personally, I don't think either the progressive narrative or the conservative narrative um, necessarily represents the biblical perspective, um, at least not in, not in whole. Um, I think there are certainly parts of the, the you know, the pr- progressive narrative that um, you know, maybe the church hasn't paid attention to. And, you know, I'm really, I, I think it's really awesome to see so many Christians, you know, passionately advocating for justice, racial justice. At the same time, Daniel, what you're talking about, kind of the, the hatred, the judgmentalism, the name calling, um, you know, the demonization, that kind of stuff, um, which is just rampant all over social media. Um, I don't, I don't think that that necessarily represents the gospel narrative. Um, and you know, that's not to say that, that's not to say that we shouldn't, you know, fight, um, and confront racial injustice. Um, but I guess I just, it, it, I, I, I guess it, this past few days I've kind of given pause um, and just I think where I'm at is if, if, your, if your stance is essentially just the progressive kind of position or the conservative position, there's a good chance that you're, you know, there's a good chance that in some way you're deviating from um, kind of what is the biblical perspective in some way or the other, whether it be hatred or, um, you know, unforgiveness or bitterness, you know, or slandering, or, you know, whether it be a lack of concern for injustice or for the oppressed or marginalized, you know, I'm kind of caricaturizing uh, the two positions. I I think we got to be really careful about which voices we're listening to. um, And we got to be careful that we're you know, yeah, we have to we have to listen to what's going on. We have to consider um, everything that's going on. But I think we also have to be really careful how we're processing these narratives that we're hearing. I, if I may uh, respond to that, and this is a question for Andrew too. Um, I love what you said about. I, I feel like you're basically saying, if you find yourself too far right or too far left you might not really be being Christian <laughs> or, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how to, I, 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 <laughs> okay, no, I take that back, but maybe it's well, like, no, uh, no, I, I, re, I think... re, kind of like, like, you know, you should reevaluate a little bit. Maybe well, you're, I, I just think that we shouldn't assume necessarily that the, you know, whatever secular narrative we're, we're getting our information from represents a completely biblical perspective. You know, here I, I guess here's what I think. You know, if let's just imagine that the biblical perspective is a straight center line, and then you have kind of people on the right or the left of that center line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's say that you're to the right of that center line, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I'm on the wrong side of that line. 
you know, in reaction to that, Satan would gladly have you move, you know, to the opposite side of the line if it means that you're not standing on that line, right? To Satan, what does it matter if, um, if whether you're on one side of the truth or the other? As long as you're deviating from the truth in any way, that's a victory for, you know, uh, for Satan against the kingdom. So, yeah, uh, I just think that we have to be really careful about, you know, how we're processing the various narratives that are out there. Yeah, and, and, and going back to my, so that's really helpful, but I still think, because I, I kind of tend to believe this too, Stephen, um, where if you find yourself, especially like in your political views, like let's say extremely right or extremely left, Again, I'm not. I want to rephrase that. It's not that you're not Christian, but I think it would be very unwise to think that your political views are fully like biblical if they're extreme on either side. Andrew, would you agree with that? Because I think you're a little bit more like left leaning, or maybe not. Maybe I just don't know you well enough. Um, I'm more biblical, so. How I that, that I know. I agree with I agree with that. If it's like too mm-hmm. extreme, what I will say is, and this you can disagree, but like I think that these days, conservatism as it is now, and like a lot of conservative views, if you look at that center line, I feel like just to be frank, that you can tie it into like Republican, but I think they are now further from biblical truth than the left is. To be honest. Sure, you have the fringe like extremists, but in general, I think the progressivism of today is actually closer to this center line than conservatism is now. Can you explain that? Because I think that's very different from kind of how the public perceives Christianity. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think also that's it's different from how even the church sees itself, where they think, oh, you know, we're... We've always been right and true, but I think that's not true. I think American Christianity in particular has values and believes things that aren't actually Bible-based. This is why I'm, I actually don't like when people say I'm too liberal or like I'm, I'm like too much on the left because, um, yeah, it's, that's, not the, that's not the case. I actually just, I don't care how douchey this sounds, but like I've, the Bible, to me, that's what it's saying, right? A lot of these positions of like, like hyper individualism, or like let's stay out of stay out of issues, or like uh, church doesn't need to, to participate in politics. All that kind of stuff is like I feel like I, that has no place in the Bible. I don't find that anywhere in the New Testament really. But that's what a lot of the more conservative, like you know, uh, small government and like uh, you know people's problems being people's problems but focusing on yourself like all that stuff i feel like is not biblical but it's also farther from what i see the people on the left trying to do with legislation and which and with the things that they believe so all that to say is like even i think how the church sees themselves i to be straight is is unbiblical a lot of the stuff that we do as the american church is has no basis in the bible it's just how we've done things or how or American values that have seeped into our ethos and changed what we care about. I say this because I've been listening to sermons and the response of 
what's been happening these past couple of weeks and everything, almost everything I hear, I get so mad, like enraged. What like, are some examples? For example, um, they might not be happy with this. I'll talk to them later, but someone sent me a sermon from their church. This is a big church in the OC. I would name names, but whatever. Big church in the OC. It's a Korean, you know, Korean, mostly Korean. It's an EM church, but there was a sermon this past Sunday about this guy trying to explain what's going on and like, you know, the church's response. And he spent like maybe half the time um, like denigrating the people that care and saying like, oh, you guys are just making it about something else. Let's just focus on George Floyd as a as someone who got murdered in a bad way. Don't put race into this. Don't put your own agenda onto this. But let's just focus that we lost a life and we got to mourn that. But everyone else making this about everything, like it's not about racism. It's not about the poor. Don't make it about economic inequality. Like let's just focus on, you know, let's mourn his life. And as a church, um, you know, you he, he, he literally said, um, he literally said the fact that some of people some like Christians are on social media and Christians are out there in the protests, but they won't even come to church because of COVID. That's ridiculous. I have so many swear words I want to say, but it's like, how can that be a response to what's going on? I can understand where it's like, again, we, we even talk about the social media pressure and like the, the woke Olympics, but then to go to a place where basically to say like, Hey, you know, you guys are selfish for doing these things all every he didn't say everyone but he basically said all these protests are like they're skewed they're for selfish reason reasons i get that especially a lot of the articles that have come out uh christian articles a lot of the the posts that i see pastors making i don't know it's either it's either the thing that we've been talking about like the woke olympics or it's the opposite where it's like well i'm you know the church we can't stand for like we don't like we don't support violence or looting so this is not our movement everyone stay out of it i think that's ridiculous that's a ridiculous response to what's happening so can you kind of make like what is the argument that or what i guess what is the stance that you advocate and you know how is how is that stance you know founded in um, what the bible says yeah that's a great question I think there's a movement of people who either just started caring or have always cared about racial inequality. Like, I think this is a reality. Like, a, this is one of Americans' main demons. This is my understanding of demonology, of like how demons manifest in modern day society, as particularly in American society. If you read, you know, one of the famous white people that reform people love, but C.S. Lewis has many works about demons. Um, one of his most famous quotes is Satan, uh, the greatest trick Satan ever played on humanity is convincing us that he doesn't exist. And so what most American Christians think is like, oh, well, you know, when we see the exorcist or when we see people possessed, then we pray in Jesus name and then we exercise demons. And that's really the only times we, we face demons or like that we need to care about them when someone's like crawling on the walls or something like that. The, the truth is, I think racism is a is a principality over America, much like economic inequality. Right. These are 
demons hiding in plain sight. Things and systems that have uh, been in place to separate people, to cause division, to cause uh, rifts between races, between classes. These are things that anything you think Satan, like the role of Satan, as described in the Bible, this is what racism is doing in the history of America. Um, but now we're seeing around the world, okay, I would, I would be less angry if this was just like an American thing and like a bunch of American cities were a little bit like a couple cities were mad and the pastors were like, hey, maybe this is not our battle. But this has resonated globally. I don't know if you guys are paying attention, but the, the protests in like Germany, like Korea, like Asian countries, European countries, Latin American countries, African countries, is insane. The people who care about this. So if that's the case, for Christians to be like, well, we don't agree or like, oh, we should stay out of it. It's too, it's too messy. Uh, they don't have Christian values. Again, I think is like, what? why? Why? To see all of this energy and all of this, um, whether it's well-intentioned or not, this energy to change something about something that's fundamentally broken in our world, having all these people come together and tr try to do something, why wouldn't we try to get in there and direct that energy? Why stand on the side and be like, I don't agree? No, that's not my values. Like, I think that's a ridiculous way of thinking. I know that Black Lives Matter is not a Christian movement at its core, but also it is a Christian movement at its core. A lot of the leaders are religious leaders. A lot of the people at the protests are, there's like, at protests are like pastors and church leaders. And from their conviction as Christians, that's why they're on the streets. That's why they're trying to organize. Obviously there's the fringe that maybe turn it violent or whatever, the looting and stuff. Still, I think it's it's crazy that we wouldn't try to join into this and direct the energy. I know I know we don't have to 100% agree with it, but to again, to stand on the side and be like, "Well, that's not how you protest." Or, you know, let's just focus on our church and what we can do in our neighbor. Like, it's a global movement. Why why stay on the sidelines? And Dude, I really love the way that you, that perspective, because it's like something I thought, even going back to um, that pastor's message that you referred to, Bro. I think it's like some of those things are true maybe, but they why are. are we like emphasizing those things and missing yeah. out on, and dude, I think, I mean, I think talking about how this is like demonic, right? And how there's, I, I agree totally in that, man, there's so much division happening. And even like in my soul, I feel that battle where it's like, yeah, I feel a temptation to be very distracted by other things and not see like uh, what's really beautiful and what's happening. And it's really interesting because, I mean, I'm, I've been so confused too because I see like guys who I respect and guys who um, I would assume or had assumed are like very biblical and godly men who have said very strange things in this time. 
You know, like like, uh, like what? Like, dude, there's this guy. Um, I'm, say again, it. Uh, names. You don't have to no. say a name, but like, yeah, what don't is, say what is yeah. it? Uh, there's yeah, this guy. He's, he's a he's a relatively. Um, He's pretty respected in the community, like, you know, kind of OC Asian Christian community, okay? Very respected, uh, like, charismatic uh, guy, you know? Like, you know you know what I mean by charismatic? Um, not charismatic like me, but charismatic, like, into, like, uh, you know, speaking tongues and all that stuff. Yeah. So, which is fine. And you, you guys know, or at least even, you know, like, I've, you know, I'm very okay in those settings, um maybe not as much now but i i had been for quite some time so this is not like a judgment for any of those things i i think the ministry is a part of i have a huge respect for um but i think i was just surprised because he came out and basically was very uh he had some very kind of inflammatory statements you know saying things like his response now is like guys there's no such thing as systemic racism um you know, basically posting things like basic, like he's trying to show and argue that, you know, Ahmad Arbery's murder was basically not as bad as it as it was. Which I mean, let's say you can argue that, but it's just I was like, why are you saying these things now? Like, how is this? Um, and, and I was super confused and just started reading like some of the his posts and just found that he's like super like super conservative right wing, you know. And that was just really like mind-boggling to me. Um, but also what was very discouraging was this guy's super smart. He went to the same college as one of the people in this room. Um, and he, the University uh, of Washington? <laughs> maybe. Um, and he's extremely learned. And so what's what was really discouraging too to me was so many uh, like Christians responding to him being really mad. And crucifying him, that was sad, to be honest, to see that. Like, it wasn't even just like, hey, why are you thinking this way? But people were like, dude, people, he was being crucified. But um, he would respond to, like, everybody who comments. And he would explain, he would give all this, like, historical evidence and, and give all these facts and show how much he studied these things. And what's sad, though, is a lot of people didn't have good responses, I feel like. All they could say is, like, you're racist, I hate you, it seems, or, like... And he always had something to say. And like I think something that was, substance, substantial. Yeah, and I think that was really disorienting for me because it's like, and, and, and kind of like I was also just kind of sad at myself because it's like, dang, like, yeah, this is how unengaged I am is potentially there is this principality or this huge problem, this huge injustice, this systemic injustice in my backyard, in my nation. And I'm supposed to be a, 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 a pastor, a leader of a member of a, or a group of people who are supposed to be like this body of Christ's salt or the light of Christ, right, in this world. And there's this huge injustice potentially. And right now we're arguing about whether it even exists or not. And I think there was something very disorienting about that, you know, so... Satan's Sorry, greatest. I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt you, Andrew. I hope. I hope you were done with what no, you're no, no. saying. But I mean, for now, yeah. That. I, I'm not sure exactly what to say about, or what to say to or about people that, you know. 
um, basically are saying that the injustice is in unreal. Um, I mean, we talked a little bit about perspective and insight into the black experience in America and how most of us, you know, don't have any insight or perspective. And so, you know, we ought to humbly listen to those that are actually living that experience. Um, you know, I guess you could point to different statistics about, you know, how black people are much more likely to die um, at the hands of the police and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to know how to engage with people that are basically saying it's this is it's it's not real. It's um, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, uh, um, it's 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 constructing a different reality, which I find to be so dangerous, but more and more prevalent now where it just feels like it honestly feels like there's some people that are just on different planets like what what's this new this, this different reality it's just like Describe where racism me. doesn't exist or where church itself should just kind of just hang back or like do their own thing or like make their own it it's you know, it's interesting that you say that because it's not just with racism where it seems like people are living in parallel universes. I mean, yeah. it's with COVID too. Yeah. You know, it's with completely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any kind of like conspiracy theory. It's it's with um, you know, climate change. It's on so 100%. many different issues there are yeah. there are people on the left and the right that just see completely different um, realities. Yeah. Um, it's scary. And so well, it is scary. I guess my question is kind of like an um, epistemological one is like, how do you know you're even seeing the right reality, like the true reality, right? Because yeah, that's great. I don't know and if you have any thoughts on that, Andrew or Daniel. I, I have many thoughts. Well, I'll just say this. I'll let Andrew, I want to hear what you have to say, but oh, I'm just going to say go this. First. Yeah. Yeah. I think Stephen, um, you know, like, especially like listening to that guy, right? The pastor who I just referred to and, Again, godly man, I do not, and for any of you who are listening who know who I'm talking about, um, I want to remind you, like, I'm, I'm 100% sure this guy loves black people, and he's, a, and he's a kind man, a godly man, you know? I don't deny or I don't doubt his genuineness, but still, I think people can be wrong uh, and really blind to themselves. And Stephen, you and I have talked about this, but I think... Seeing all the division and the infighting like within the church, which I think if it gets to that point, um, Andrew, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but I do feel like that actually becomes something to talk about, you know, where it's I like, you, you know what I'm saying? Not yeah. to like distract us away from what like, like other important things, but that's really important. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that conversation is being done in the right way, first of all. Yeah. But, um, all I say is this is I do think part of that is maybe, yeah, just even asking ourselves a little bit or maybe even put a uh, uh, kind of temporarily being able to suspend our own um, beliefs and opinions and kind of be like, hey, you know, where could I be maybe wrong? Yes. Right? But I think we all need to do that. I would I would say I think yes. everyone needs to practice that. Yeah, I agree. I think oh, sorry, are you done? No, yeah, go ahead, dude. I want, I want, no. I want you to talk. Well, to that point you just made, like, you know, the article I sent. I, I don't. Know, the Gospel Coalition put a some Korean guy put an article, 
but um, yeah 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 that, that one good. i'm totally behind because his gene whole... Jinju, you mean gene Jinju, yes i don't know yeah. he sounds like a brother though right he could be chinese i don't know um but his, his whole point was like this everything that's been going on has made me look in my inside myself mm. right self-reflection know thyself this is a biblical concept like sanctification is all about looking within uprooting sin that has existed for generations do the work to tear out those parts of you right mm. i feel like if only people would do that instead of quickly condemning the other party or the other side or like just responding in anger to just whatever but to like try to figure out like wait what do what is this how is this moment reading me not what can I put onto this moment? Like, what wisdom can I bring to this? It's more like, wait, there's something going on around the world. How can I take this this climate? What does that mean for my thinking or what I've thought or mm-hmm. or how I maybe haven't listened? But I feel like a lot of the Christian response is just knee jerk, like no, no, and I feel like that's so stupid. <laughs> I feel like that's so stupid. And that relates to, I guess, the question, you, Stephen, you just asked. But one of my professors used to say, true objectivity is – I'm probably changing the words. But true objectivity is a amalgamation of subjectivities, right? You can only really be objective when you have all the angles. Hmm. You don't just become objective, right? When you see, like, oh, this is a cube – but then you get your friend on the side be like, no, it's a, it's a prism. It goes long. You're just seeing it from the front side. This is kind of the elephant thing where it's about like, but I'm not talking about seven polytheism. Blind mice. Yeah, yeah. That's not, I'm not trying to say God's everywhere. But in terms of how do you see issues, I think it's important to have different perspectives, which mm-hmm. I feel like, yes, both sides are doing this. I would argue that Christians have been doing this for longer. Christians are way better at it, but silencing other voices, silencing alternative views on things. I think Christians are really good at being like, nope, it's one way. One way, Jesus, remember this passage, one way to, to interpret it. The, you know, this way of theology, one way to look at it. Jesus as a person, there's one way he is uh, interpreted. But it's, it's very untrue. I think there are many ways Again, another biblical concept is like the Bible can be interpreted in many ways, but not any way. So the idea is the whole reason why uh, the word of God was given to everybody and not just priests anymore is that everyone has a connection and a experience with God and all facets of that of that jewel are beautiful and necessary. But when you start to whittle down the voices to like, well, John Piper says this, or like, oh, this other white guy that I really like says this about theology. It's the arrogance of like, oh, one guy got it right, right? We keep quoting Calvin, like, oh, he got it right. Calvin doesn't even believe what Calvin believes now. What we what we tell we tell people he believes. So it's like when we start to get the other directions, I think that's where uh, true reality is birthed i want to so i hear what you're saying andrew i think there's a lot of good to what you're saying 
I I guess my comment would be <laughs> it's not necessarily a but. Okay. It's a different angle. Beautiful. <laughs> a lot of what you're saying about the need to listen yeah. and the need to consider other like perspectives and angles, I think both liberal and conservative sides are guilty of not doing that. And I agree. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, going back to the whole idea of like the center line, uh -huh. you know, whether you're on the whether you're to the left or to the right of that center line of biblical truth, you know, we should seek to orient, you know, our, our entire worldview, nice. our entire being, uh, reorient our entire being, you know, onto the center line of, of biblical truth. Right? Yes. Um, I think. I think, you know, I, we've, we've been kind of talking a lot about just, you know, how the conservative, kind of the stereotypical conservative narrative is missing like a big, um, really important piece, you know, when it comes to racial justice. I, I see a lot of, at least, um, you know, from the liberal or progressive side, um, a lot of unbiblical things coming out of that as well. Sure. Namely, things like just hatred. You know, vengeance, um, a lot of um, a lot of, you know, words and um, actions and demands coming from bitterness. While understandable, it's not that doesn't um, that doesn't represent the gospel. Um, yes. And and so I guess just as a critique to the progressive narrative you know, you know, for, for Christians that are, you know, more in line with what the progressives are kind of advocating for, you know, we got to be really careful how, you know, how much we get swept into that rhetoric, how much we get swept into those, you know, host the hostilities and the division. Um, because I guarantee you, Satan is doing his best to, you know, bring further division, to bring further uh, confusion and injustice, actually. Um, you know, um, by twisting and distorting um, what should be actually a very, um, you know, hopefully a, a movement towards justice in our society, like a watershed moment in our history, Satan will do his best to use it to go too far or or to twist it in some way that um, that it shouldn't. I have a couple of things about that. Oh, Dan, you want to say something? No, I want to hear what you have to say. Um I'm I'm with you in terms of both sides are not listening. What I would slide in there is historically the church has had a strong voice. Basically, they've been able to shape the country. Mm -hmm. So, if you look at, you know, who's had the power for a long time, it was the church. I would argue We've mishandled that power in America, no. at least. Yeah, bro. Like, yeah. So this is this is another thing that I wanted to say. Sorry. Uh, let me just no, please. get this out real quick. Yeah. To me, it's so clear that the church should not have been reacting to this. The church should have been the one that was leading this. Thank you. You know, um, I read a um, an article uh, a couple years old, but basically somebody was comparing the civil rights movement to um, Black Lives Matter, 
And one of the things that I learned was, whereas the civil rights movement was birthed and led by black Christian leaders, by church leaders. Yes. Um, black Lives Matter is a secular movement. Completely. Um, and there are certain elements of it that, you know, uh, do do align with kind of our, our biblical worldview. And there are parts of it that absolutely don't. Um, it's, to me, it's a huge rebuke on the church that we've kind of um, ignored this issue for the last 50 years. Yeah. And why is it that non-Christians have had to take up this mantle when if the church had kind of led the way um, you know, that we wouldn't necessarily, we may, we may not have been in a position where we have to feel conflicted about, about um, you know, yeah. aligning ourselves with a movement that, you know, is trying to bring about things that are good. Um, and I guess for me, it's, yeah, I, I you know, I, I think I've, uh, what I've come to realize is, you know, the, there is a biblical mandate for God's people to, um, to act um you know, justly, but also to bring about just conditions, uh, like kingdom conditions. And while we, ne- we while we may never see the kind of the full, perfect kind of uh, fulfillment of that on this side of eternity, I mean that doesn't um, excuse us from trying, you know, to 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 bring um, to bring uh, God's kingdom here on this earth, and um, not just in terms of evangelism and and individual salvation, but yep. in terms of you know a, a society that reflects kingdom values. Yeah. Um, and I know that conservative evangelicals have been you know strongly advocating for that on uh, you know uh, specifically you know very strongly on one or two key issues. Um, but you know why have we abdicated our our moral um, kind of authority or compass on on other issues? And to the point where we're even kind of debating whether or not um, injustice even exists outside of, you know, two key conservative evangelical issues. Yep. I, you know, on, you know, responding to what you just said, something just I thought of is um, I wonder if the politi- politicization of racism uh, in our nation is just deeper evidence that it's somewhere Satan doesn't want us to be engaged as a church. You know, that it's such a big issue. That's a master you know? strategy. Put it in an arena where churches historically don't want to play. Because even um, for the civil rights movement, I'm going to, I'm going to safely assume, from my understanding, uh, from my limited historical knowledge, it wasn't like, it was just like a minority of churches that were engaged and leading that i don't think you could say it was the american church no no it was the the civil rights movement was led by the black you know uh, right black southern church right yeah so where was everybody else you uh, know justifying maybe it. silent silent or justifying it yeah and, yeah and that's what i wonder is like why don't we talk about some of these things um like you know what the church was doing um you know even uh slavery it wasn't the. Don't get me started, dude. That's a Christian. It wasn't the church at large, you know. It was, I, from what I understand, it was like a like some Quakers. Um, yeah, like I guess liberal reformers. Yeah, and so um, yeah, these are some of the things that, um, you know, there's this song. I, I hope I'm not going too off topic, but there's this guy, Propaganda. You guys know Propaganda, the the rapper, Christian rapper. No, dude, no. Andrew, you don't know him, man. What's wrong with you, bro? I don't listen to Christian music. 
and he has some he's he is actually very um i think you would like him andrew but he has this song where he questions he challenges the kind of uh, how modern christians kind of worship a lot of people worship like puritanism and puritan theology and he's like but do you know like what they did you know um so again and and i think Stephen, we had a talk offline about this where yeah just because some people are wrong about certain things doesn't mean you you throw the baby out with the bathwater. i'm not saying to do that i'm not saying like dude i for example going back to piper dude that guy I'm, I thank God for him. He has ministered to me so many times uh, just through his messages. I'm just saying, like, I used to think he was, like, just straight Jesus, man. Like, whatever he said. I think this is how we treat a lot of these guys. But what if it's, like, I think for me, I'm just entering a season of saying, okay, maybe I want to just, you know, like we talked about earlier, just listen a little bit more. Right? And don't get, I hope no one gets scared. I'm not, like, you know, changing my beliefs or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I know what God's word says, um, but, you know, there are certain things I think it's just, um, I, I think it's a season of being a little bit more open and have an open ear and, and to learn. But, um, yeah, sorry, Andrew, I think you're going to say something. Yes. Dang, I had two things. What? I can't remember the first thing. Anyway, the second thing is, um. I agree. Oh, yeah. I mean, the church tends to be slow on. We tend to be. We're always a couple steps behind society, which is unfortunate because you know we sat in a place of power and privilege for such a long time, but you know we're always late to these things. So hmm. I, I guarantee, in like a year or two, the church will be like, "Wait, we should do something about racism," but you know, this is after the world is on fire and blows up. What I would say about. Um, I'm glad you brought up like the whole individual salvation kind of thing. I think to be honest, I mean, just to make this theological, cause I know people, whenever people listen, they I don't know. Whenever I talk to people, they're like, oh, but, uh, the Bible. So I'll, I'll spread some Bible on you. Um, I think how people are responding reveals their eschatology or what they believe about the end times. I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding of heaven and what heaven is about. They think it's this place later that we transport, we teleport there later, and it's just clouds and naked bodies, beautiful, jacked, naked bodies, and we just <laughs> float on play harp, okay? What do you mean that's not? It's not that far off, right? Oh, okay. Uh, biblically, though, uh, do you know that heaven, this is for, I know you guys know, but this is for maybe people who think I'm not biblical, but heaven is actually the earth. You know that, you know that the city of Jerusalem comes back down? Do you know that this earth still matters? <clears throat> like the earth and heaven will be renewed. And so it does matter what we do here. It's not that we trash this place and then leave it. It's we're trying to, exactly what Stephen said, but we're trying to bring kingdom down here. Like that's the whole point of Christianity. Yet I hear a bunch of people being like, nah, not our problem. Hey, make sure you and your family are saved. Uh, you know, we, we, I, I've heard this. A lot of Christians say this and I, I hope they get hurt or something by God. But this they'll say like it's too big of a problem 
Like, we can't do anything. Like, what's one person going to do? Just let's just pray and make sure we're okay. Make sure, you know, our kids are fine. But, you know, that's too big of a problem. Like, let God handle it. Do you know how God handles problems? He sends people. The, the whole point of the church is to combat these problems, is mm. to enact justice. It's to be the hand of God, the physical manifestation of God on earth. And so to not not only not care about this stuff, but also to disparage any progress or people that do care about it, I think is you totally miss the point of Christianity. Mm. Like, sure, you, you might be safe and think like, oh, I'm gonna, at least I go to heaven at the end. I would argue, will you go at the end? Like, are you even on the wrong, right team? Okay. I would, let me kind of, so I agree with what you're saying. Cool. I feel like we say that a lot. Yep. But. Um, no, no, it's not even a but. I think that conservatives would say that's exactly what we've been trying to do. How? We've been mm. trying to shape our culture and our nation um, by advocating for, mm, mm, um, mm. you know, for life. Life that starts at the, you know, at conception, mm -hmm. um, you know, for traditional godly kind of family values and, uh, you know, a traditional concept of marriage. Um, you know, those are those are the two ways in which the church is known for engaging politically. Right. Those are the two. Um, like, I would call it like embarrassments of the church. Like abortion and marriage, like look at marriages today. What is the, how is the church, sorry, hmm. even, uh, dude, I don't know. So when you say embarrassments, you don't mean those values, but you mean maybe the results? Or how the they've been either talked about or how that care has been shown. I think is just another symptom of like, oh, we don't really care or like know even what we're doing. Divorce rates being the same in church and outside of church is, I think, very telling families breaking apart the same rate in church and outside of church like what have we been doing then i i hey, I, I i hear you but it's like yeah no be that be that as it may yeah i'm not i guess i'm not um uh, that's not really where i'm going with this yeah, yeah yeah you're talking about how you know um our theology kind of compels us to engage in society and even politically to bring about reforms that result in a more just and a more biblical society, yes, right? a, ki a kingdom like a kingdom um, a society, and and I think that actually it's the it's the conservatives that have been doing that um, with more consistency, with more energy, with more organization and unity than um, than progressives or li or liberals. You know, to, to I, me it seems like okay. To me it seems like. In American evangelicalism, there are basically two acceptable positions. Either you are a conservative and you care, but you basically vote and care about two issues, right? Or you are somewhat apolitical, right? And it's not, it's not acceptable, or I don't really see any kind of um, organization or, or movement around quote unquote progressive issues, even if they happen to align with, uh, with a biblical worldview. They do. Um, Right, which, you know, I think that there's a lot to be said about that. Um, so, you know, I, I guess I just want to point out, Andrew, that what you're seeing, in a way, 
is exactly what conservatives have been trying to do, right? To engage politically, to engage in society, to shape society, to be, you know, uh, to reflect the kingdom. I, um, yeah. Where, you know, where you and I, like, I think we wholeheartedly agree is that that is far short of of the entire picture of what kingdom should look like. Like, you know, it is... Um, it's uh, yeah. It's those aren't the only two issues that we should care about, and um, and and you know I, I've said this before, but you know uh, neither party represents a completely kingdom-oriented perspective. Yeah, hmm. I think not that I disagree. I think I actually I think I disagree mm-hmm. in terms of the conservatives doing that. I think more accurate is to say, like, we've had a couple pet projects and that's it. It's not that we stand for just conservatives have stood for justice or like try to shape the world. It's actually I feel like it's it's they've tried to impose certain positions unsuccessfully over a long period of time. The reason why I say this is even we don't have to get into abortion, but even the issue of abortion it was politicized from the very start. Policymakers, there's now uh, un- declassified documents of top government officials talking about how do we get the Christian vote and how do we uh, silence the blacks and the gays? There's like there's that kind of that level of planning, and then in one like closed room discussion, they're like, "Well, abortion is definitely a Christian thing. We can a way we can." basically capture all the Christians. So let's use that as a as a political tool to get people on our side. And then there's another thing that they uh, they were talking about, or maybe the war on drugs or something like that. But it's basically, I think Christians think that it's, yeah, I'm, I'm a valiant, I'm a good citizen. But even those things started off as evil people in rooms saying, how do we, how do we get more votes? How do we convince people that we're about them? When really we're not like you more so today than earlier, but like Republican values are no longer are even close to Christian values. Okay, even if so, politics is dirty. Um, Politics is a game and uh, it's simply a numbers game that that politicians will play uh, in order to capture votes. So whether or not the conservative platform was a grassroots kind of movement or like a political calculation, I don't really know. Uh, I guess I'll just take your word for it. I will say that I've met a lot of conservatives that are very actively involved in abortion clinics, uh, you know, family planning type environments where, you know, they are counselors. They're meeting with women that are there to get abortions. Um, to to do kind of counseling ahead of time, um, you know, and there are guidelines and ethical ways to do that. Um, uh, but basically, they're there to basically be there for these women that are about to make you know a really momentous decision in their lives. Sure. And I don't see a lot of liberals or progressive Christians doing that. You know, um, the, the there are okay. you know I I've been so surprised to see like to meet people that are from, you know, deeply conservative areas um, that are really, really strong advocates 
for refugees. Um, yeah. You know, and though they're, you know, maybe their national politics are, you know, strongly whatever, um, anti-immigrant or whatever, like they will, um, they will go out of their way to uh, sponsor refugees, to house them, find, you know, ways to get them integrated into the community. And so that's something that I, I, I do think that we need to recognize that actually conservatives tend to engage in those ways, like in grassroots ways, um, in a way that I don't see a lot of um, progressive Christians doing. And maybe it's because, you know, progressive Christians feel like there isn't really an outlet um, because it's not like an acceptable Christian position. Let me let me say something to that, Andrew. Um, Stephen, I think, I, I know you and I have had that talk before too, um, but actually I think that may not be fully true because I think something that social media has done for me is just connected me to ministries and people who I wouldn't have been able to be connected to before because like I have my own social bubble that I'm in. And dude, um, progressive and liberal Christians are doing a lot of stuff. I mean, again, going back to the anti-slavery movement, who was it that started that? Who was who were on the who were the pioneers of that? It wasn't uh, the uh, uh, like the large conservative body. It was like a minority of progressives and liberals who were kind of rejected by a lot of the uh, more conservative church, um, as far as I understand, dude. There's and there's so many things going on, but what I notice about these ministries that are doing these radically Christ-like things. You know, like, um, is that theologically, though, maybe I don't, or at least my theological uh, training wouldn't fully align. And so because of that, what I realized is I just don't even, I would have no reason to even know about them. And so I just didn't know, but I think there's a lot of stuff that people are doing, actually. I would even maybe argue that uh, in certain ways, I don't think it's... I don't think it's who's doing more or less, but I, you could argue that because of their uh, maybe uh, 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 theological freedom in some ways that maybe we don't experience as much. And I'm not saying that's necessarily right, but I think that may allow them to do things that are, again, more radical and loving uh, than what I've seen uh, that sometimes uh, uh, conservative Christians do I mean, I can even send you some links to some of the ministries that I've seen, but I think, like, I've been really challenged. Like, there's this group I follow. Um, well, I can, I can show you later, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know what Andrew would have to say. I think Andrew would have a little bit more exposure to such ministries and churches, but um, I don't know, Andrew, do you think, am, am I right? Do you agree with me, or am I, or it, or what do you think, man? Um, I think I... Or are the progressives not doing anything? No, I think I agree with what both you guys are saying if that's possible like i yeah like i wouldn't that's the thing where it's like even how we're talking about it um i think even how i talked about it like i don't know if i would draw those distinctions so quickly like well conservatives are not doing anything and liberals are doing something like even yeah i know i just said that but it's like uh, I think Christians are doing stuff, and I think, to be frank, like people who call themselves Christians are just hanging back, and so I think I think that's a better distinction versus like, 
liberal agenda versus conservative. Like, I don't even know what conservative means anymore. Like, people say they're conservative, but they're not. People say they're liberal, but I feel like <laughs> some, some liberals are more biblical than people I've ever met. And so it's not even like they're theologically freer. I think I think people who have read the Bible and are, are so convicted by it that they have to do something. And that's these conservative people that you're talking about, Stephen, but also the liberal people that you're talking about. I think those are Christians trying to figure out how to actually do what they believe. And, and you know, I think those are the people that I'm like, well, let's be like them and listen to them and not keep listening to, I don't know, the conservative voices that, I don't know, that aren't effective. They're not effective anymore. Like, to, to be frank, like, American churches, we're, we're nobodies nowadays. Like, we're so behind on social issues. Like, our voice has become less and less over the years. Like, we're... Oh, dude, Steven got mad. Dude, you you did it. I think it was you, dude. It's because you you tag teamed on him. <laughs> no, because... No, I know what Steven's saying. Let's talk crap about Steven until he comes back. Wait, do you know what Steven's saying? Because I feel like there are a lot of, like, liberal... Like, for yeah, example... Yeah, I'm actually surprised you know what, he, what he's saying. You know the Amsterdam church that you showed me? Yeah, dude. You know there, we would call them liberal. I would not call them liberal. No, but that's that's what I'm trying to help you understand. Yeah, yeah. He 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 doesn't know that there are like things that's like that happening. That's why I'm surprised. Yeah, that's why I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? No, that's what he mean. But that's what he means by I think liberal and progressive. Well, I mean, I can, but I think, I think what it is is we've only we only see like TGC. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, we're very limited, so we don't see what we're not connected, and that's a problem. There's this division. That's where I think it's unhelpful to use these <clears throat> terms. But I think you're right, and I think. I mean, I'm waiting for Steven to come back, but yeah. this is still good stuff. Yeah. Um, bro, that's, that's, I wish Steven could hear this because this is actually a really good point I'm making. Um, <laughs> Hold on, save it, save it, save it, okay? Whatever. Okay, just say save it twice. It? I mean, make, I, I'll probably leave this in. Just, just say it and we'll say it again. All right, Steven, we don't know where you are. We're waiting for you to log on. You might need to let him in, um, though. He's troubleshooting. Oh. He says troubleshooting. Uh, Stephen, Andrew, and I were having a little mini conversation behind your back. I mean, uh, uh, about stuff you said. Um, and I think one of the problems that is being uh, revealed right now is this divi- is just division within the... I think that's a huge problem right now that's surfacing that I think it seems like it's a separate issue, but I'm realizing it's not. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. It's division over stupid things. And I would even, uh, and this is where I want to be a little careful with this, but I do agree with Andrew and this is, and and Stephen to clarify, I think Andrew's a little confused earlier because I think for him, he doesn't know what we would consider liberal. He doesn't understand what that would be even, right? What we've been taught like is a liberal church or liberal theology. But I think I agree with Andrew. What we had talked about was that Maybe we should be a little bit more careful with how we use these terms that can be extremely divisive that are actually, I think, preventing like-minded Christians from working together, from unifying. When the reality is there are guys who would be labeled as liberal, who, as Andrew said, who are following Jesus, who are, who care about the vulnerable, the, who care about the least. And there are also those 
who'd be labeled as conservative and who would even like vote for Trump, but who are like actively, no, hear me out. Okay. Who are actively and boldly following Christ. And I think we need to accept that. And I think it's like the question is maybe a question that I want to really talk about more in this podcast, not only in this podcast, but like what I would want to challenge the church is like, how do we like come together? How do we bring these people together? Because right now, I think they are severely divided. And I think that's really sad. That there are people who ultimately believe in the same stuff. But because of Satan's work, I believe, through politics, like, for example, that's a perfect example that you gave, Andrew, politicizing abortion. right? And, and we can talk about all those things, how it's maybe complex. But politicizing something like that, I don't think that's a critique on people caring about uh, a life. That's just a critique on how Satan works and, and how divisive politics can be. And I think that's what's coming to light in this situation now too, is I feel like there's a lot of people who are really on the same page, who would, who would hate and, 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 and are disgusted by the sight of racism. But because of all of these like, this the right lingo that you need to say the right type of post blacking out the screen or not there's all this division and i think it's actually pointed to a larger problem of just so much division in the american church and so america society at large yeah but yeah. i think at the church is where it's aren't we supposed to be the solution to that by showing unity to the american society that's a great point and that's where I think it is worth calling out stuff like division in this season, as long as you frame it in the right frame, which is like, guys, the whole problem is division. Like you're saying, right? Isn't racism about division? Yep. And then we are divided amongst ourselves. About the know? division. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. I guess one thing I want to say is I'm tired of having to choose sides. I'm tired of having to say, you know, black lives matter. Um, and then the other side saying all lives matter or blue lives matter. Why can't I affirm that black lives matter and that the stuff that is happening, you know, like cops getting killed and stuff like for no good reason, like that that's terrible and mm-hmm. that, you know, that's a huge injustice and that the families that are being affected by that are being, you know, why why, why do I have to stand on one side or the other? But yet, you know, in our, in our climate, it, it almost seems like you have to choose sides. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know what, as a Christian, I just want to affirm all that is right and that is good. Um, and I think that kind of, you know, hopefully that's one example of like, you know, as, as the church, why, why do we have to, yeah, why do we have to be so caught up in these, in these positions and these labels, um, and criticize each other and all that, um, which maybe we've been doing that, you know, um, and maybe we need to totally have, maybe we need to be careful. I do. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, me too. Um, and, and, and even just in terms of like the activism, 
Like if you're a political conservative or a liberal liberal conservative, and you're you're in some way being active in society to bring about a more just, a more kingdom, uh, uh, to bring about a, a, a society that looks more like God's kingdom, you know, um, why should why shouldn't we be applauding each other, you know, rather than kind of saying, oh, like, but you're not yeah, doing on the right out. issue, right, right. or you know, you yeah, your your stance is flawed in some way, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah, I completely agree with both you guys. I think I would add, um, if it wasn't clear, a lot of my vitriol is to people who would um, try to slow down any movement that's happening. I think I'm not mad at uh, people supporting Black Lives Matter, nor am I mad at people just not talking. I think that's one of the best things you can do is just shut up and listen. I think I'm, I'm my anger seethes towards people trying to actively hamper what's going on around the world and then cover that in biblical language or mm. churchy language. That's just a thing that is like, why would you do that? Like what? Like you have nothing else to do, but come up with arguments of why doing nothing is fine or it doesn't exist or you know explaining things away or making it about riots or making it about looting like i think you've you've missed the not you but like those people have entirely missed the point like instead why are people angry why why do people have woke contests i hate them too but why do they have them like why is most of the world on board with this those are questions I think are important to ask and listen to the answer of, about. And so that's my only thing. It's not, I don't like any, uh, I don't like American, I don't like American evangelicalism, but it's not, you know, this is not a general, like, I don't like anyone who doesn't support Black Lives Matter. It's, you don't have to just at least know what it's about before you say something or don't say anything. Like you don't need to say stuff. That's a weird thing about today too. Ironic because we just talked for an hour, but yeah, I don't know. We're we're exempt from anything that we (laughs) criticize others. That's true. I think we're above (laughs) everyone else in every way. Everyone knows that's like a sacred law of podcasting. You're right. You're right. Talk about a bunch of stuff, and this is a third space. Um, I mean, that was a good. I feel like those are good kind of closing points. But do you guys have any wrap ups? Maybe just a sentence or two. Um, If not, that's fine. Um, Stephen, maybe just a last kind of exhortation to our listeners or encouragement. Yeah, I, I, I think my main thing is, you know, it's it's very I kind of go back to what I said at some point in the podcast. Where we're getting our information from, right, whether it's progressive or conservative, um, there are pieces of truth in these narratives and there are there are ways in which Satan will use these narratives to push us to the left or to the right too far, and I think that we just we need to make sure that we are um, processing the things that we're hearing, the perspectives that we're hearing through the Bible, through the lens of the gospel, and that requires a lot of hard work. It requires critical thinking. It requires like you know. Uh, us to fight against intellectual laziness and just kind of consumerism, uh, information consumerism. But it's absolutely necessary for us 
to be Christians in in today's today's world to to not be not fall prey to Satan's schemes. And so you know, um, yeah, just be very cognizant. I think we we all need to be very cognizant and aware of you know who are we listening to and how much of it is stuff that we should accept and how much of it should be kind of uh, filtered or or edited um, through um, a more biblical perspective. That's good. Andrew, a last thought? Um, Yeah, I think maybe just to bring it back to like, you know, what's been going on. um, I see this is this might be no, I see a lot of people um, I wanted to say this the entire podcast, but I'm just going to say it here. I see a lot of people either quoting MLK or using him as like a, hey, look, it's a safe black guy. Look what he said. And like cherry picking some of the stuff that he said about like how people are supposed to protest or how he feels about racism and stuff like that. I would I would very much encourage people to actually read his, his speeches because particularly the one where he talks about the riots because – I 100% think that people who are posting MLK's quotes will disagree with what his whole speech is about. Because in it, he talks about the the reality of systemic racism. Uh, the In the same breath that you condemn the looters and the rioting, you should also condemn the system that these people find themselves in. So even he, he was... He, he did condemn the violence... But he said, I can't in good conscience condemn the riots without condemning this system that causes people to riot, right? The broken system we're part of. So please, it's called the two Americas. But, you know, if you're posting him on on uh, Instagram or whatever or Facebook or whatever, just read this, read the thing that you, you're taking from is, is what I would say. Because th- as just as we're saying of like, we need voices to listen to. This was like 50 years ago, but it's the same stuff, man. And and MLK's perspective was was delicious. Because every every other paragraph or every other sentence, he would just drop Bible, be like, This is this is what's in the Bible, this is what it means, right? This is what's in the Bible, this is how reality is. And so again, this messed up pastor was like, be slow to speak. Be quick to listen and slow to anger. Uh, I he was using it in a, in a just like a not good context, but I would I would repeat that, right? Maybe not the slow to anger part, but you know, listen more than you're talking. I think is the point. Like, and social media counts as talking. I think social media is so unhelpful these days. Um, but that's all I would say. Like, listen to other voices. That's really good, and I, I totally, I totally appreciate you guys and your perspectives. And um, my prayer is just that uh, not only would we become engaged in um, fighting against racism in the name of Christ uh, in our nation, in the world. I pray that this. My hope is that um, this would just be a catalyst for the church to become who she is meant to be. Um, who who yeah. the Lord uh, wants her to be. And I think, um, I'll just end with this note, I think a huge part of that is doing that as one body, united. 
Um, I'm going to read this passage from John 17. Um, Jesus, some of his last words, and he said this, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. And I, I, I pray and I, and I want to encourage you guys that we would do this together. We would listen to each other as, as these guys have been talking about. We would be humble, learn, and bring the good of Christ, bring the gospel of Christ to this world, to the ends of the earth. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, we love you all again. If you want to reach out to us, you can uh, check us out on Facebook at reoriented.show. You can send us an email too. Um, our email address is reoriented.show at gmail. It's really simple. Uh, who would even forget that, right? So, um, but thanks for tuning in. We love you guys. Have a blessed week.